0: Here, trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. All right. Now, what I'd like to do this morning, I'd like to continue. Remember, we, are, we teach series. We teach series. My first thought is understanding God's vision. That, that's what we're talking about. Now, last week, we, we started this teaching out on uh, be filled with the Spirit. We showed you that Ephesians 5. And verse number 18, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, that's what we told you last week. Be filled with the Spirit. Well, today we'll move it on. We'll move it on. All right? And uh, matter of fact, two weeks ago, be we filled with the Spirit. Last week, we told you to pray. That's what we told you. Verse 20 says, giving thanks. Well, giving thanks is prayer. It said, "Giving thanks always for all things." Well, we're talking about pray. All right, when you pray, you're giving thanks. Giving thanks means praying always for all things unto God, and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, because we went over to First Thessalonians, we showed you that. Let's go to First Thessalonians, chapter five, and verse number seventeen. First Thessalonians, chapter five, and verse seventeen. Pray without ceasing. But we, we, we taught on one word last week, pray. If you want to see God move, pray. Amen. Now, what I want to do today is I want to follow up on that because today we want to talk about the church prayed for Paul. Now, I don't know if you have enough room to put down the, the apostle Paul, But the church prayed for the Apostle Paul, if you had that kind of room. If you don't, the church prayed for Paul. Now I'm going to show you, Paul was the apostle of the Gentiles. So God gave the word to the Apostle Paul. I'm going to show you why it is so important in the church to pray. See, a lot of times, when the word comes in the church, I hear the people always saying in the word, man, pastor, God give you that word every week. Yeah, he does. But there are some people praying for me. See, God, when God's going to give the pastor the word, it's because of the people's prayers. See, that's sowing and reaping. That's sowing and reaping. You're praying for your pastor, God giving you the word. See, there are a lot of people that go to church, they never get the word. They can hear the word, but they don't, they don't know what it's saying. You want to get into the game, you've got to understand. Your job is to pray for your pastor, and then God give you the word. Now, now if you're praying for somebody and God not giving you the word, then you need to ask yourself, is that person, you know, is that person a man of God, I mean... You know, because if they are not a man of God, God, he's not going he to give them the word. God is only going to give his word to the man of God, the man who he has given the Holy Spirit, and he has given his vision, all right? All right, now, that's, that's what I mean. You know, whether the pastor, woman, or man, that, I'm not into that kind of stuff, okay? Pastor is pastor. Well, you're a man, pastor, woman, pastor. If you, if you don't have the revelation of God's word, God's not going to give you the vision. If you don't have the Holy Spirit and God call you to do this, you're not going to get a vision nowhere. All right. Now, what I want to deal with today is uh, Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter six, verse eighteen through twenty. The church prayed for the apostle Paul. Uh, if I got that much room, if not, the church prayed for Paul. All right. Now, Ephesians six eighteen is what I want to go to. So I'm going to show you your responsibility in the church. See, in the church, the people have a responsibility. So you got, you, everybody in the church has a responsibility. There are people in the church will say to you, I don't have no money. I don't have no finances. But that doesn't keep you from being active There are some people coming to church, they urge us. There are some people coming to church, they greet us. There are some people coming to church, they give to the minister finances so the church can can afford to stay open and take care of the bills of the church. You may say, well, Pastor, I can't do those things. Can you pray? See, you can pray. You can pray. See, you have to find out there's something you can do in the body that would help the church get to its next level, and that's what you have to do is pray. That's what you can do. Now, you got to have the Holy Spirit. Every day, you need to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to pray. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the ministers of the church. Pray for the leaders of the church. Pray for the mothers of the church. Pray for the deacons of the church. Pray for people in authority. That's what God told you we talked about last week. You got to understand that nothing just happens. Let me me say this again. Nothing just happened. You know, you got some people say, well, that's just a coincidence. No, nothing just happened. Somebody prayed. See, when things. Go well in the church is because people in the church are praying. So, in this time of a pandemic, over 200,000, 210, just 211,000 people died already. You find yourself at home with a lot of time. Pray. You can pray. Some of you know how to pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray with understanding. Pray with the word. But you can pray. Give thanks. Well, pastor, I don't know how to pray. Well, you know how to give thanks, right? Give thanks to the Lord. Just begin to thank God for your pastor. Begin to thank God for your ministry. Begin to thank God for what he's done in your life and your family. Thank God for saving people. Thank God for, see, you can go through Thanksgiving. Everybody can do that. That's prayer also. All right? Now, what i like to do is I want to show you how this works. Ephesians chapter number 6. I'm reading this out of the NLT. I'm going to go to the NLT on that one. Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to read verse 18 through verse number 22. Let's do this out of the NLT. Ephesians chapter 6. Now, Paul had just told the church, put on the whole arm of God. All right, now we know that is how you're saved, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. To put on the whole arm of God is to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, that person is saved now. Now they have the Holy Spirit. Now they're ready to pray. That's where we're at now. So Ephesians chapter 6 out of the NLT, I'm gonna start reading verse 18. Watch what it says. Pray in the Spirit at all times. See, so that's, that's why you need the desire to pray in the Spirit. I'll show you that next week when I get into, into another part of the teaching. You need the desire to pray in the Spirit. See, God's not going to just do something in your life if you don't have no desire for it. You have a desire to pray in the Spirit. Lord, I want to pray in the Spirit. That's a part of prayer. And let, you know, I want to pray for my pastor. I want to pray for the church. I want to pray. I want to build up myself at all times. I want to build up the body. Pray. All right? Watch what it says. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayer or be consistent in your prayer for all believers everywhere. You know know how many believers there are? I'm not just talking about people just go to church. I'm talking about people who actually believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection for their salvation. I'm not talking about you did something to be saved. I'm talking about people who believe. Well, I also pray for those people because I pray that God would open their eyes, they will come to the knowledge of the truth because you're not saved by water baptism. You're not saved by doing something. Christ died 2,000 years ago. As a matter of fact, 2031, let me say it again, 2031 will be exactly 2,000 years ago. Christ died on the cross for our sins. And here it is, still people have not gotten the message in 2,000 years. You ask so many people going to church on Sunday, oh yeah, man, I did this to be saved. Why did God come here? Go find that out. He came here to save mankind. Did he do that? Yeah, he did it. Now we have to tell the people the good news that Christ died for their sins, he was buried, and God raised him again from the dead for our justification, Romans 4.25 told us. All right, now let's go on, because... It, Ephesians chapter six, verse eighteen, we just read to you: "Pray in the spirit at all times." We read to you, verse eighteen, and on every occasion, stay alert, be persistent or consistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, watch verse number nineteen. And first thing Paul going to say: "And pray for me." Why do we? Why did the church need to pray for Paul? If I can find out why the church need to pray for Paul, I can find out why the Church need to pray for their pastor. Paul said, Pray for me. Pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan. Wait a minute, Paul. I know God gave you the, the, the revelation. Well, Paul said, but I have to understand it. You got to pray for me that I can understand it. Let's read it, and I'm going to go back to Acts 26 and show you that God gave it to Paul. But let's show you, first of all, he said, pray for me. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain, explain, God's mysterious plan, that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. i got to be able to minister so plainly that everybody knows, Jews and Gentiles, that the word of God is for everybody. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means that through the apostle Paul, Jews and Gentiles would be saved. Now, I, I want to I take a little time right there because I, I think we have misunderstood some things in the body of Christ. Uh, and I'm saying this here because you got people just take things out of context because they do not have the Holy Spirit. Now, when you have the Holy Spirit, you know something is wrong with that. Now, I'm going to go back to Acts chapter 2. I want to read this out of Acts chapter 2. And I want to go read verse 1 through verse 4. I'm going to stay with the NLT if you have that open. If not, well, I'll do it out of the King James. We'll do it out of the King James. Acts chapter 2. Let's do it out of the King James. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. I want to make sure it's clearly understood. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 4. Let's go look at it. Now, in Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the days of Pentecost, the day, one day, I'm sorry, one day. And when the day of Pentecost will fully come. Remember, this is just one day because this was the day of Pentecost. That means that Pentecost, when you read, read Leviticus chapter number 25, you'll find out that Pentecost was 50 days after Christ's death, being and resurrection. So here it is, 50 days later. Now, if you were here and we were in Israel at that time, 10 days ago, Jesus Christ left. Jesus Christ left. When you read Acts chapter 1, let's go back. Let's go back to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Now, we are 10 days before Acts chapter 2. All right, Acts chapter 1, verse 1 said, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which which he was taken up. He was taken up on the 40th day. After that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he had showed himself alive after his passion, after his suffering by many fallible proof, being seen of them, there it is, 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He said to them, being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait, watch this, wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Remember, they will be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Now what I want to say to you is, because you got people in the the body of Christ, they think that Acts chapter 2 is salvation, Acts chapter 2 was a fulfillment of scripture. That's not your salvation. But you got people that will tell you well yeah in Acts chapter 2 the Holy Ghost came so we 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 will say what our church is called Pentecostal. Or we believe in the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Well all oh, that's fine. We're not talking about that that did happen, but that's not your salvation. See, that's what happened to people. They don't understand the first book of the Bible or the new covenant is the book of Romans. All right, now, now follow me along. He said you will be baptized. Remember, verse 5, John truly baptized with water. You shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. All right, now, let's keep reading. Verse number 6, because I want to read down to verse 8. When they therefore will come together, they ask him, saying, Lord, will thou this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Watch what he's going to say. Verse 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come, watch it, up on you. Whether the Holy Ghost come up on you? What is the baptism with the Holy Ghost? It's when the Holy Ghost comes up on you. Just want to make sure. The Holy Ghost did not come in you until Paul's ministry. You got to hear me real good now, because this is why so many people are not saved and they think they're saved by water baptism. They think they're saved because they've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. You're not saved until you believe Paul's gospel. Only Paul had the revelation of the mystery. Only Paul preached the gospel of Christ. You're not saved until you preach the gospel of Christ, until you believe the gospel of Christ. Verse 8 again. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come up on you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria to the uttermost part of the earth. All right? Now, that's when the Holy Ghost came up on them. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. We read in Acts chapter 2. Now, here's the fulfillment of what Jesus just told them that they shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now, in verse number 2, chapter number 2, verse 1. We're in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now it's 50 days. Remember, when I read you Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it was, verse 3, I'm sorry, it was 40 days. 40 days, Jesus left. See, Jesus left. He could not be here for Pentecost. I wonder why. Because Ten more days, he will come back. Now, you may not understand it that way, but ten more days, the Holy Ghost came. Well, you know what? That's still Christ. All right? But he came up on them. Watch this. In verse number one, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and they appeared to them cloven tongue like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. Now, this is what I believe people are confused about, is one word field, F-I-L-L-E-D. You must go understand the word field here does not mean to come inside of. It really was fulfilled. Watch this. And when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now people would take that verse and say the Holy Ghost came inside those people because they spake in tongues. That's what people would say. Well, the Holy Ghost came on them, that's why they spake in tongues. Watch what happened. This was a fulfillment of prophecy. When you read Genesis chapter 11, you're going to find out that the Holy Ghost left man. And what happened when he left man? He confused their languages. What happened when the Holy Ghost came back to man? He gave them their language back so they can understand their languages. Let, let, me, let me go to Genesis chapter 11 first. Let's take a look at this. This is one of the most misunderstood, one of the most misunderstood. That's why we have so many people with different belief systems because they just take the word. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave it on them. You got to understand, they're not speaking in tongues. They're speaking with tongues. All right? Acts chapter number 11. Now let, let's, let's look at this. We're going to start reading verse 1. Let's go right back to verse 1. Acts chapter 11 and verse 1. And the whole earth... I'm sorry. We in the book of Genesis. Forgive me. Genesis chapter eleven, verse one. And the whole earth was a one language and one speech. One language, one speech. Remember that. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, "Go, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly." And they had brick for stone and slime for mortar. And they said, go to let us build us a city. You see everything, us? Strictly against what God wanted. Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, always us. Lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. Now watch this. Watch what their thought is against what God says. Remember, God wanted them to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Remember that Genesis chapter 1 and 2? They were rebellious. They said, look, we're going to build us a tower. We're going to build us a city. We, and, and we're going to be us a name lest, lest we should be scattered upon the face of the whole earth. Otherwise, they wanted to do exactly opposite of what God wanted. So how is God going to stop them there was a one language and one speech. He couldn't stop them. How is he going to do it? Here we go. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower with the children of men building. And the Lord said, Behold, the people, it, watch this, it's one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do. Watch what he says. Nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. So God said, look, listen, if I don't confuse their languages, they're going to be able to do this because they are one. In verse number 7, go to. Let us go down. Let us go down, and there, here the word is confound. That word confound means to confuse. We're going to confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them. How did he scatter them? By confusing their language. So the Lord scattered them abroad from this upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore the name of the place called Babel, because the Lord did confound the language of all the earth, and from this did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. All right, so we know what God did now by Scatter them abroad by confusing their language. Now we go back to the book of Acts. Now God is going to bring the Holy Ghost back. See, the Spirit of God left man. Now the Spirit of God coming back to man. So in Acts chapter 2, how is he going to get man to do what he need them to do? Acts chapter 2. Let's read verse 4 again. Start with verse 4. Acts chapter 2. We're going to start verse 4. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Now remember, he didn't say they began to speak in tongues. This is what you hear most people say. They began to speak in tongues and the Spirit gave the other. That is not what he says. He said they began to speak in other tongues and the Spirit gave them utterance. And then he's going to tell you what the other tongues were. See, if you speak in in tongues, you don't know what the Spirit is saying. But when you speak with other tongues, somebody can understand your language. So this was a fulfillment of Joel, chapter 2 and verse 28. Hold your finger right there, we're going to go to it. The book of Joel. I'm taking this time in the first service because I want to make sure people understand this. So you get the Daniel, just go forward. Joel, chapter number 2. And we're going to start reading verse 28. See, this is a fulfillment of prophecy. This was not the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was so they will speak with other tongues and the Spirit would give them the utterance or so they can be able to speak and relate to one another. All right, now we're going to see that when we get back to Acts chapter 2. But watch this. In Joel chapter number 2, uh, and let's go down to verse twenty-six. Let's start there. Jeremiah two twenty-six. Let's do that. Oh, here we go. And you shall eat in plenty, God says, and be satisfied. And you're going to praise the name of your God that He has dealt wonderfully with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Verse twenty-seven. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. See, not this is not this is not us. This was Israel. See the baptism when you to be when you have the Holy Spirit in you is for everybody who believe in Christ, death and resurrection. The baptism with the Holy Ghost is God's ability on your life for you to do things. Here, well, for them to understand one another languages, okay. And now in a dispensation of grace, God put His Spirit on you because that's God's ability. So you can sing, so you can preach, so you can do different things. It's the Holy Ghost on you, okay? So the Holy Ghost comes on you so you can do things he wants you to do. You couldn't necessarily do if the Holy Ghost was not on you. All right, now watch this. Verse 27, you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall not, never be ashamed. That was Israel. Now look at verse 28. It shall come to pass afterwards, talking about, talking about after Christ's death, being resurrection, that I will pour out my spirit. Remember, this is 50 days after the cross. Pentecost is 50 days after the cross. Watch this. It shall come to pass afterwards, to my 50 days, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The, when Christ saved your soul, he did not put his spirit on your flesh See, when you're born of the Spirit, God put his Spirit on your soul, not your flesh. The Spirit comes inside of you and swallows up your soul. The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus comes in and seals your soul. Seal, S-E-A-L-E-D. Seals your soul with the Spirit. The baptism with the Holy Ghost was upon their flesh. That's for God's ability so they can do something God wants them to do and they can't do it without the Holy Ghost. All right. Verse 28. Here we go. Joel 2.28. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pull out my spirit up on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall dream, dream, your your, your old men shall dream, dream, your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days I will pour out of my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, and blood, fire, pillars of smoke, sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And shall come the path that whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord, watch this, shall be saved. That's why you have Acts chapter 10, where people are saying that they are saved by Romans, not not Acts 10, but Romans 10, where people are saying they are saved. Listen, this is what he just said. It shall come the path that whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved, shall be delivered. Shall be delivered from God's wrath. Romans 10, 9, and 10 is not a salvation scripture. Let's go back there first. We're going to go back to Acts chapter 2. Let's go to Romans 10, 9 and 10. See, people think they read Romans 10, 9 and 10. You didn't read the first verse. Romans 10, 9 and 10 was not talking to Gentiles. Let's start reading Romans 10, verse 1. See, Romans chapter 9, 10, 11 was God speaking by the apostle Paul to the Jewish believer. Romans chapter 10, verse 1 said, Brethren, He's talking to a Jewish believer. My heart desire and prayer to God for Israel. He's telling him my prayer for Israel is what, Paul? That they might be saved. Well, if they just had the Holy Ghost baptized with the Holy Ghost, would you think they were saved? No. They still were not saved. Their salvation, listen to me, because this is the greatest mistake people make in the Bible, because they think they know the greatest mistake people have in about, listen, the Jews' salvation was the second coming of Christ. When Christ would come back for them, would be their salvation. Maybe I read a few verses of that in Apostle Paul, uh, uh, Peter, I'm sorry, and when I read 1 Peter chapter 1, the first 10, 11 verses. See, that was their salvation. Your salvation was immediately. You were saved by grace. By grace you saved through faith, not of yourself. It's the gift of God, free gift of God. Well, the Jews did not receive Christ's death, bear, and resurrection. Listen to this. The Jews did not receive Christ's death, bear, and resurrection. They rejected it. So how could they receive the Holy Spirit within them? They couldn't. They had to wait till Jesus coming back again to receive it. You receive Christ's death, being and resurrection. You receive the precious blood of Christ, his death, being resurrection. That's why God gave you the Holy Spirit to live in you. Holy Spirit can't come live inside of you and you reject the cross. Let's move on. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brother, in my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel that they might be saved. I bear them record. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They've been ignorant. Watch this. They've been ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Well, who is the righteousness of God? Christ. They did not re- accept Christ. They did not submit themselves to God's righteousness, which is Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 1.30. I'm not going there. Well, that's 1 Corinthians 1.30. Christ is made unto us righteousness. Verse 4. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Watch this. To everyone that believe it. Everyone. So you can't be saved. People are telling the Jews, well, you know, they're going to be saved. When the Lord comes, they're going to be saved. Listen, church, the Lord has already come. We're talking about 2,000 years ago. But now we're going to tell the people that's in Israel today, they're going to be saved when Christ comes back. You are leading those people to hell. You can't be saved today under the dispensation of grace without preaching the gospel of Christ. That's what people are trying to do. They're trying to get saved by water baptism. They say, well, when the Lord come back, he's going to save those people. Listen, today is the day of salvation. Today. If you hear my word harden out your heart. Today. That's what Paul said to those people. All right? Now let's move on. Paul said in verse 4 again, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth, everyone. Now, in verse 5, Moses described the righteousness which is of the law. That the man who doeth those things shall live by them. You are not on the law. That's why you can't live by the law. You can't live by water. Baptism, you're not on the law. First number 6. But the righteousness which is of faith, now this is what messed folk up. You only came to the righteousness which is of faith. Verse number 30, once again. Let me read verse 30. I'm sorry, Romans 9.30. Let's go back to Romans 9.30 because that's what people don't understand. They don't understand what is the righteousness which is of faith. They think it is the word of faith and they think that's their salvation. You missed it. You missed it big time. Romans chapter 9, verse 30. Are we ready? Romans chapter 9, verse 30. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which follow after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, the Gentiles now, even the righteousness which is of faith. The Gentiles did. Not the Jews, the Gentiles. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it was by the works of the law. For they stumbled at their stumbling stone, which is written, I will lay in Zion a stumbling stone, the rock of offense. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now let's go back to Romans 10 and 6. See, the Gentile that was before the law, the Gentiles under the law before Christ return. They were saved by the righteousness which is of faith. Watch this. Verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh. The righteousness which is of faith speaketh. On this wise. Say not in your heart who shall ascend the heaven, that is to bring of Christ bring Christ down from above, or who, sh- or who shall ascend into the deep, which is to bring Christ again from the deep. Watch what it says. Or who shall descend in the deep that is to bring up Christ again from the dead? Or what says it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. Watch this. This is the word of faith doctrine. The word is in your mouth. The word is in your mouth, which is the word of faith. The word is in your mouth. Which we preach. The word is in your mouth. The word is in your heart. The word is in your mouth. The word is in your heart. Now, this is what people are telling you when you believe this doctrine. This, you're telling you you're saved by your confession and your belief. See, that's the righteousness which is of faith. Now, I'm going to show you because I know, I know people don't understand. Listen, we used to believe that and I thought it was right, but it's not. And I'm going to show you in the Word of God, that is the righteousness which is of faith, but that's not. The God's, That is not what Paul is preaching. And when I show it to you, you're going to be like, oh, oh, oh. I know, oh, oh, oh. Watch this. The righteousness which of faith, you got to confess. Watch what it says. But what says, that the word is not thee, even in thy mouth and thy heart. That is the word of faith. That's how they got their doctrine, word of faith doctrine, which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Wait a minute. You're not saved by confessing Jesus Christ is Lord. Come on now, think with me. Only the Jew was saved by their confession. You're not saved by confessing Jesus Christ is Lord. See, what happened is we take that and we think we got it. I thought so too to the Lord straightened me out. Now, hold your finger right there. Matter of fact, let me finish Romans, and then i I come back. He says, Romans 10 and 9, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Confess it. Remember what was Peter's salvation. Let me show you the gospel of the kingdom. Let me show it to you now. You had righteousness, which is of the law, which was the righteousness, which is of the law, that Moses preached, then you have the righteousness, which is of faith, which is the gospel of the kingdom. And then you had the gift of righteousness is what Paul preached. Let me say it again. You had righteousness of the law, which Moses preached. That's what he showed you first. And that's verse 5, Romans 10 and 5. Then you have the righteousness, which is of faith, which, is the, which Christ preached. But you still have not gotten to the righteousness which Paul preached to the Gentile. The righteousness that Paul preached to us today is the gift of righteousness. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth. Remember, confession. Now, if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Watch what it says. Thou shalt be saved. Now, I just read you in the book of Joel, chapter 2, it told you, shall be delivered. That word, delivered and saved. That's why John the Baptist, you read John the Baptist's ministry real good. John the Baptist talked about two things Christ was going to do. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now that should have said this way, he's gonna baptize you with the Holy Ghost or with fire. Because all those people was not baptized with the Holy Ghost, they were baptized with fire. And that fire is not fire, fire baptism speaking in tongues. That is how they were destroyed. All right? That's what John the Baptist talked. Read John the Baptist, who has Matthew 3 7, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come they were baptized with fire. All those people that were not baptized with the Holy Spirit. The baptism with the Holy Spirit, God was showing people who was healed. And the one that was not healed, he baptized them with fire. All right, let's move on, because i got to show you this in, in, in Romans 10. Romans 10, thou shalt be saved. Verse number 10, for with the heart man believeth the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made of salvation. Here your confession is made of salvation. Now, when I read you Romans 1, we're going to show you that Paul's ministry is going to be, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God on the salvation. Now, which one are you going to believe? You're going to believe the gospel of Christ is the power of God the salvation, or you're going to believe your confession and your belief is how you're going to be saved. Because you believe in one of them. I used to believe in Romans 10, 9 and 10 also until I learned the truth. Watch what it says. Romans 10 and 10. With the heart man believe on the righteousness, with the mouth confesses made on the salvation. The scripture says, now he's going back to show you what the Old Testament says because all he's doing is telling you what the Old Testament says. The gospel of Christ is not what the Old Testament said. It's the revelation of the mystery. In verse 11, there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek the same Lord over all is rich and all that call upon him. Remember, you are teaching a ministry, pastor, where where you're saying you call on the Lord to be saved. Grace is not you called on the Lord to be saved. Grace is the Lord call you. So you got to go back and study that out. Don't be deceived all your life. The gospel of Christ is not you call on the Lord to be saved. That's what Romans 10 is. But the gospel of Christ is God called you unto salvation. You get a chance to read Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. He called you into his grace. All through the new covenant, you'll find nowhere God called you for salvation in the new covenant. Please, I beg you to go look at this because you have missed God. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 12. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Remember, they call on the name of the Lord. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's not you. Those were the Jewish believers before before the coming of Christ. Watch what the next verse says. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call. Listen, Romans 10, 9 and 10 is to Jewish believers or Gentiles before Christ came back that called on the name of the Lord and they were saved. All right? Now, but watch what this says. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How they shall... How they, can they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How shall they believe here without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? And it is written how beautiful the feet of them was preached the gospel of peace, not the gospel of Christ. The gospel of peace is the gospel of the kingdom. Please listen to me. I used to be deceived. I'm not deceived no more. The gospel of peace is the gospel of the kingdom. Romans 14, 17, Paul told us that the kingdom of God not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. You are preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That's the same gospel Christ preached. That's why when Jesus came, the angels from heaven shouted out, peace on earth and goodwill to all men. That's the gospel of the kingdom. You're not saved by preaching to people the gospel of the kingdom. You got to preach to them the cross, the gospel of Christ, Christ's death, bear, and resurrection for your salvation. Hallelujah. Watch what it says. How beautiful are the feet of them. We're in Romans, Romans 10, 15. But how shall they preach except they be sent? And it is written, how beautiful the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Wait a minute. They have not all obeyed. All who? Israel. That's who Romans 9, 10, 11 is to. Isaiah, Isaiah, said, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So they takes all of that. You are right, but keep reading. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went out throughout all the earth, and their words are to the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? He's still talking to Israel. Did not Israel know? First Moses says to Israel, I'll provoke you to jealousy by them that are not no people and by a foolish nation would I anger you. But Elijah says, Isaiah says, is very bold and says, I was found of them which sought me not. I was manifested them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he says, all day long have I stretched out forth my hand unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Then you go in I say then, has God cast away his people? All of this to Israel. Chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11 is all to Israel. Chapter 9. Let's go read Romans chapter 9 while we're there, just a little bit. 9 verse 1. See, if you read Romans chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, is all about Israel. This is not about the gospel of Christ. And people are being deceived, believing the wrong message. Romans chapter 9 and verse number 1. Paul said, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continuous sorrow in my heart. I could wish that myself was a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, who are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blesseth forever. So if you read this, you'll go on. Not as the word of God has not taken effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel, neither because they are of the seed of Abraham are they the children, but in Isaac shall their seed be called. That is to say, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise accounted for the seed. See, all this is God teaching Israel about their salvation. So that's why when I told you about Acts chapter number 2, now, let's read Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 out of the NLT. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. I'm going to get back to my message. I just want to share some things with you because, you know, I, I, was, I was deceived. I came to this ministry, and I apologized because I was believing. Romans 10, 9 and 10 for my salvation. It's plainly saying, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, if you shall be saved, that, don't, that means you are not saved yet. Shall be his future tense. Romans chapter 10, and I'm reading out of the NLT. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, I want to start reading verse 9 and verse 10. Romans chapter number 10, it says, Paul said, and that message is, very, is a very message about faith that we preach. Now, Paul is talking about the message he preached to the Jews. See, you got to understand, Paul preached the gospel of the kingdom to the Jewish believer. I'll show you that after a while. Then he preached the gospel of Christ to the Gentiles. Now, watch this. In verse number 9, if you confess, this is what he preached to the Jews. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It didn't say you are saved, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. This is to the Jewish believer. Believe it in your mouth, believe it in your heart, I'm sorry, that you are made right with God, and it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. You or Gentile are the same in this respect. That is what it says. Okay, now, watch this. You read the same thing out of Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2. That's something I said I was going to take you to. I can't remember now. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. Now watch what happened when you preach Christ and him crucified. Now, I know what I need to do. I need to, I need to go to the book of Acts. Let me show you that. Let's go to Acts chapter 20 first. Let's show them that Paul preached the gospel of the kingdom to the Jewish believer and he preached the gospel of grace to the Gentile. Acts chapter number two, I'm sorry, 20. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Then we'll go to Ephesians chapter two. Acts chapter 20. Now we want to go down. And start reading back verse number 20. I call this Acts 2020. 20. Paul preached the gospel of the kingdom to the Jews. Then he preached the gospel of Christ to the Gentiles. And what what people what people don't have not understood, which I didn't also, is when you study his writing, you have to know there are times he's talking to the Jewish believer, and there's time he's talking to the body of Christ. Okay, Acts chapter 2, verse, Acts chapter 20, verse 20. Paul said, how I kept back nothing. He called these Ephesian elders out, and he says that he, he kept back nothing that was profitable unto you and have showed you and have taught you publicly. Remember, he used the word have, past tense. He, I have showed you, I have taught you publicly from house to house, justifying, Watch it both to the Jews, also to the Greek. This is what he taught them. Repentance toward God. Remember, he's not teaching repentance to the Gentiles. He preached repentance to the Jews. He, he preached them repentance toward God and he, he preached them faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you go read Hebrew chapter six, he told you to leave that. Matter of fact, I'm not going to believe you to do it later. I'm going to do it now. Let's go to he, Hebrew chapter six, verse one. I'll come right back. Hebrew chapter six, verse one. Remember those two things he just says. He preached repentance towards God, faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he preached to the Jews. He didn't preach that to Gentiles. Gentiles got everything by uh, by the cross of Christ, by Christ's death and resurrection. All right. Hebrew chapter six, verse one. Here we go. Therefore the King James Version. Therefore, leaving, somebody said leaving. Leaving the principles, the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Leaving the principles, the teachings of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. He's talking to the Jews. Let us go on to perfection. Not laying again whilst there's the foundation of repentance. He said, we're not not going through that no more. Not laying again the foundation of repentance. That's the first foundation. What are you repenting from? You're repenting from dead works. You're repenting from water baptism and circumcision and foot wash. We're not going through that no more. And the second is faith toward God. Faith toward God. Doctrine of baptisms. Laying on a hand, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. He said, Look, we're going on to perfection. Well, what's perfection? It's grace, it's Christ. All right, now, back in Acts chapter 20. So Paul said, I, I talked to the Gentiles, also to the Greek. I preached to them, verse 21. We're in Acts 20, 21. I preached to them repentance towards God, faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit of Jerusalem, not knowing the thing that will befall me there, say that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life, building to myself that I might, well, here we go, finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what is it, Paul? To testify the gospel of, of the grace of God wait a minute he said this is what I got to go do now he's gonna tell you what he just finished doing and now behold I know that you among whom I have past ten, I have gone preaching what I what he had been preaching he had been preaching the gospel of the kingdom he said I've been preaching the kingdom of God I preached the kingdom of God to the Jews. I'm done with that now. You shall see my face no more. You shall see my face no more. Where until I take to you record that I am pure from the blood of all men, I have not shunned to declare to you all the counsel of God. So he had already preached to them the whole council of God, which was the gospel of the kingdom. So they knew. Now he's going to preach the gospel of the kingdom because the Jews rejected the gospel of Christ. That's why he preached the gospel to them, because the Jews rejected it. So he turned to the Gentiles. My time is already gone. I thank you for yours. Please remember the next service. We're talking about the church prayed for the apostle Paul. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Matter of fact, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. We got our pencil and paper already there. We're going to close out with that today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. What happened when God raised Jesus from the dead? Ephesians 2 and 1. And you, has he quickened who was dead in trespass and sin. This will happened when Christ raised from the dead. He raised you from the dead. Verse number 4. Ephesians. Chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who's rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. What he quickened, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. What does that mean, Pastor? Christ's death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. That's how you were saved by grace. Verse 6, He has raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the age to come He might show the exceeding the riches of His grace, His kindness toward us through Christ. Once again, by grace are you saved through faith. That's not of yourself, not your confession, not your belief, but grace. By grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. Watch this, it is the gift of God. If it's a gift, you don't have to confess to get it. If it's a gift, you don't have to believe to get it. Well, you have to believe to get it because you got to hear the word and believe it. But you don't have to confess the Lord Jesus to get it. That's the gospel of the kingdom. That's Peter's ministry. For by grace are you saved, through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Then he's going to say, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are his workmanship. That word workmanship means new creation, We was created in christ jesus on the good work was god had before ordained that we should walk in them my time is already up please check your doctrine out make sure you're not believing god to be saved by the law work make sure you're not believing god to be saved by the gospel of the kingdom but you got to be saved by the gospel of christ god's salvation is a free gift my time is up i thank you